You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Basically, over the last couple of weeks, if, if you have been here, you know that we've been talking about different types of relationships and how we can continue to build on them and make them strong. But uh, last week, if, if you were here, you heard from Pastor Michelle. And if you didn't get a chance to be here, I would just encourage you guys to go back and listen to her message from last week. You can go, it's available on the app, but I think Pastor Michelle really hit uh, what I think is the foundation of this whole series. If you can get one thing out of this series, it's not about what I'm going to say today, it's about what she said last week. So, But I just want to hit real quick on the verse that she covered, and it's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So Pastor Michelle hit on this last week, and I think before we can discuss anything else, the thing that we have to make sure we know, the one thing that we have to make sure we understand is that we as people are created to be in community with each other. We as people are, are one, created to have a relationship with God, but then have, to have a relationship with one another. And once we get that, then we can kind of start to figure out how, how do we work on those relationships? How do we build them uh, together? But we have to make sure we understand that concept first. Because if you look back from the time that God first created Adam, he, he made it very clear that it's not good for man to be alone. All the way up to this, this Hebrews passage, we hear the author say, hey, if you guys aren't getting together, if you guys aren't spending time in community, we need to get rid of that mindset and making sure we're making it a priority to be a community with one another. We're created to have relationships with one another, and there's a lot of benefits that we get from having those relationships with each other. So today I get to talk about what happens when uh, those relationships aren't great? How do we restore broken relationships or relationships that have some things to work on? And because the thing is, is that we, we know we have a perfect God. And he has a perfect plan for our lives. And the design that he made us for, to have community with one another, it is a perfect design. But the one aspect of the whole thing that isn't perfect is us. And because people aren't perfect, because people have flaws, anytime we enter into relationships with each other, they're not necessarily going to be perfect because of the part that we bring into it. See, with the joy and the blessings and all the good things that we can gain from relationships, also comes a challenge of making sure that we can restore broken ones as well. Because we are flawed, we're not perfect, we all have to some degree some kind of flaw in and of ourselves, we know that we're going to have relational challenges. And it's going to require us to look at them, try to work on them, and try to restore them. As long as humans are involved in the picture, as long as we know that we are imperfect and we're going to have relations with each other, we know that sometimes there's going to be some struggles and we're going to have to work on them. But the problem is, and I don't know about you guys, but I know this speaks for me, if I have bad relationships in my life, my tendency isn't always to try to fix them. My tendency isn't always try to restore them. Because we talked about it in week one, and we talked about how sometimes we, are, or we come to realize that if we have good relationships in our life, if things are going well, if we have healthy dynamics with other people, then we tend to have a healthy season in our life. 
as things are going good with other people, things seem to be going good in life altogether. And then at the same time, if we have struggles with other people, if we are fighting or there's tension or there's something that's broken in our relationships with other people, we can see that played out in our life as well. So if we have unhealthy aspects or bad things going on in our relationships with other people, we tend to have an unhealthy season of life. And we see this correlation play out. So what I tend to do and what I think a lot of us tend to do is like, okay, if I know good relationships lead to good aspects of my life, good relationships lead to good seasons, then I'll try to eliminate all the unhealthy relationships in my life. You know, instead of trying to work on them, instead of trying to build them up, make them stronger, I'll just get rid of them altogether. And if I can get rid of the bad relationships, then I can focus on the good ones, and then I can continue to build my life and have a healthy season and continue to pursue what God has intended me for. Except what happens in those moments is that we come to a church service on a Sunday morning, we can be here, some ideas come up about bad relationships, and we still end up thinking about those, those tough times or those tough relationships we have with other people. You know, if I've eliminated that person from my life, why do I still think about them? Why does it still hurt sometimes? Why does it still bring pain in my life when I've tried to get rid of it altogether? And I think that's a tactic that the enemy uses in our life. Because what we're called to do And we can see it play out. It's the reason why when Jesus is at the Sermon on the Mount, you see him say, hey, if you're trying to bring your offering to the Lord, if you're trying to bring your offering to the altar, go and restore anything broken that you have with other people. Go and try to mend and address the things that you're struggling with your brother before you come and bring your offering to the Lord. It's because when we bring stuff to the Lord, when we can bring a relationship to God, God is able to come in, God is able to work with his spirit in those relationships, and he's able to heal them for the better. God wants to come in and God wants to heal those broken relationships in our lives. But if we eliminate those people from our lives, if we try to build a wall and we try to block those persons from our lives, then what we're doing is we're preventing God to be able to come in and try to restore that relationship. And we're keeping those relationships away from God and we're not giving him the opportunity to go through into that relationship and be able to heal it and make it what he intended it to be. And so because that relationship's not healed, even though the person might not be in our lives, we still have those seeds of hurt, of pain and frustration. So when we try to move closer and closer to God, we still have things holding us back. When in actuality, God wants to take those situations, he wants to take those relationships, and he wants to heal them and restore them so that we don't have them as a burden in our lives, but they're actually something that can bring glory to him. So as Christ followers, we have a responsibility before God, not just to get rid of bad relationships, but to work on restoring the brokenness in those relationships. And when we're working on restoring them, we can't necessarily come to know and we don't know for sure that it's going to be received well by the other person. You know, if we're working on restoring broken relationships, we don't necessarily know that it's going to work out and it's going to be great and healthy and everything's going to go well. Because we can't control what the other person's going to do. But what we have to do is make sure that we do everything within our means to try to bring healing in those situations. 
Because if we're obedient to the steps that God gives us and we're obedient to God's calling to try to restore these broken relationships, then we're making way and we're allowing him to enter into those scenarios. And if they continue to be restored, then it's going to be be glorifying to him. So as we know, we're, we're called to be in community. We're going to be looking at Romans 12 today. Uh, verses 17 through 21, and we're going to be looking at some steps that we can take as Christ followers. Hey, we don't necessarily know that these things are going to make us have healthy relationships, and it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be able to restore all of our relationships, but how can we take steps to try to make those relationships healthy? So would you just bow your heads and pray with me for a second? Lord, we love you. We thank you for today, God. We thank you for just the opportunity to be able to come together as your church, as the body of believers and to just hear from you, to spend this time worshiping together. God, we pray and we thank you for this weekend. We thank you for what this weekend represents and how because of the sacrifice of other people, we're able to come together and freely worship you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you prepare our hearts right now because even as I've just been talking for a few minutes, I know that some of us are, are seeing a certain someone or a certain relationship in our lives that we know that you're calling us to restore. So God, I pray that you just prepare us to know that, um, that you are calling us to handle all those situations, not, not on our own, but to lift them up to you, God. So just be with us. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So Romans chapter 12. What we see happening in Romans is we see Paul basically in the, in the previous 11 chapters, he's, he's laid out the foundation of what it means to be a Christ follower. So if you're saying you're a Christian, you believe Jesus died, he rose from the dead, he basically explains that's what this means. That's what you're saying. And so now in chapter 12, we see him kind of take a different look. So here's what it means to be a Christian. Now in chapter 12, it's how do I live that out in my life? How do I take being a Christian and apply it to my life? So Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 21. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So if we're looking at steps on how to restore broken relationships in our lives, the first thing we need to make sure we do is we need to talk to God before talking to the other person. We need to make sure that we're talking to him. We're going to the Father first before we even put ourselves in a situation where we're trying to address the other person. And if you're taking notes, if you have your worship guide in front of you, you'll see there's two bullet points under there. And one of the bullet points is receiving his healing. And what I would like for you to do is just take an arrow and put receiving God's healing above seeking his guidance. And something I want to address real quick, that everything that we're talking about right now, when we're talking about restoring broken relationships, if you have ever dealt with or if you know someone who has dealt with some kind of abuse or some kind of harm in a relationship. That is not what we're talking about today. We're talking about relationships where God is telling you, hey, there is healing, there's restoring that can be done there, and to actually pursue that. But if you are, or if you've been a part of any kind of harm or any kind of abuse, God doesn't intend 
for you to stay in those situations. So don't hear that from me. Don't hear that we're telling you that you need to stay in those scenarios. Because those are completely different situations. Those are things that God needs to work out with other individuals. But that's why this first part is so important. That whatever relationship, whatever thing we're addressing to deal with, we need to make sure that we go to God first above all else. Because as people, from the time, from the time man originally sinned, people have had a void in their lives. We all have this void in our heart. And it's a void that was meant to be filled by a relationship with God. But because we've had that separation because of sin, because we don't necessarily originally have that relationship with God, what we as people do is we try to fill that void with other kinds of relationships. And so we try to fill it with other people, and we look for things like maybe from this person I can fill that void with with some kind of attention, or, or from this person I can get acceptance, or maybe it's some kind of physical or sexual desire, like I can get that filled here. And so we try to take this void that's meant from God, the meant to be filled by God, and we try to fill it with other stuff. But what ends up happening is those people, just like all of us, are imperfect, and they cause harm, and they cause us pain. And so then when we try to fill this void with those other people, not only is that void still empty because God's not in the picture, but now we've got wounds and now we've got hurts from these people that we've tried to fill that spot with. So before we go into a a scenario where we're trying to restore a relationship, we have to make sure that we are going to God first. Because the thing that, that differentiates believers in Christ from the rest of the world is the fact that we have that relationship with God restored. Through Jesus coming and dying on the cross, we know that we get our ultimate fulfillment from God. That our purpose, that our healing can only come from him and him alone. So that when we're going and trying to address someone about a different relationship, we're not trying to get our fulfillment from them because we know that's from God already. But we're just trying to mend that relationship so that we can be a part of a community. Not to try to fill that void, but to make sure we're just doing what God has called us to. And then that second point under number one, once we've received this healing, once we know that God is the ultimate fulfillment, then we go to him and we ask for his guidance. And it's once we ask God for guidance on how to address the situation, then he will begin to tell us, you know, am I supposed to address this person right now? Or does that need to hold off for a little bit? Or what am I supposed to say to this person? But if we're going to God for guidance, then we're being filled by his spirit and we're getting discernment from him and not just our own selfish desires. But in any time that we're trying to to restore a broken relationship or we're trying to address something with someone else, we need to make sure that God is involved in the conversation and that it's not us just trying to take control, but we're letting God have control of it. That's why it says in, in verse 18, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be the case, but God's going to let us know when those cases are actually the ones we're addressing. Make sure you go to the Lord first. Number two, if if we're going to work on steps on restoring broken relationships, we need to always be willing to take the initiative to seek restoration, which is hard to do. We have to be willing to take the first step. I'm sure everyone in here, I hope everyone, has seen the movie Home Alone. Has everyone seen Home Alone? Has anyone not seen Home Alone? 
good. We're in good company. But in Home Alone, we see this story about this kid named Kevin. He's eight years old. He's left home alone. But in the movie, there's this old man. And the old man is basically this scary guy. He's always got like the big black coat. He's always kind of got this intimidating look. The kids are all terrified of him. They're all making up stories about him. Like, is he a murderer? Did he kill people? Like, what happened? And so even when the kids see him, they just scream and they run away. But so the main character, Kevin, finds himself in a church. He's listening to the practice. And the old man comes and sits next to him. And the old man says like two words to him. And then instantaneously, he goes from like the scary old guy to the sweet old grandpa figure. But they're having a conversation and you hear a story play out from the old man's life. And he talks about how he used to have a relationship with his son. But after an altercation, after an argument they have, he hasn't talked to him in years. And the only reason the the gentleman is at the church to begin with is so that he can sit and listen to his granddaughter sing. Because of the broken relationship he has with his son, because he doesn't even talk to his son, not only is it affecting him there, but he also doesn't have a relationship with the rest of his son's family. And so the wise eight-year-old just tells him plainly, well, if you don't talk to your son and you want to talk to him, then you should reach out and try to talk to him. But then the old man says, he's like, but I'm afraid if I try to talk to him, my son's not going to talk to me. And I think this is something that we can relate to because sometimes we reach a point where we're so afraid or we're so worried about how we're going to be received or what we say is going to be received, it avoids us from even addressing the situation in the first place. But we have to be willing to take the initiative because if we're not willing to reach out to the other person and try to talk to them, then we're sitting in a scenario where this relationship continues to be broken. It continues to be hurtful. When if we're willing to just swallow our pride and reach out, it could just start the healing process right then and there. Because all the other person might be waiting for is for you to reach out and say that you care enough to try to make it work. The same thing happens in my life all the time. I said this about my wife Natalie in the first service. And she didn't get mad at me, or I don't think she did, so it seems like it's okay to say. But we are the definition of two imperfect people coming together and trying to glorify God in a relationship, in a marriage together. But because we're imperfect people, we know sometimes we're going to argue. And sometimes we argue about really, really small things, and sometimes we argue about really big things. But we'll stick to the small things today. So, so let's just talk about, let's say it's a Saturday. And we're getting ready to plan a date day and, and we're getting ready to go out and we just start bickering about something small and it, it turns into something it shouldn't have been. And then next thing you know, we're not talking to each other. And so there's this tension between us and it's something small, but it's something that has caused us to, to be aggravated and to be frustrated. And so then we're sitting in the living room and, and I'm acting like I'm watching TV, but really I'm waiting for her to say something. And I think she's reading her book, but maybe she's waiting for me to say something, but I think she's reading her book. And I start getting these things running through my mind. First off, because of my pride and because of my arrogance, I'm not going to be the one to talk to her because I think she should be the one to say something first. 
And then she doesn't say anything. And then I start wondering, like, is she not even thinking about it? Or is she thinking about it? Or why isn't she thinking about it? Why isn't she saying something? And then I'm annoyed that she's not thinking about it anymore. And it turns into this whole thing. When in all actuality, what's happening is we're both ready to move on. It was something really small, something that we're both prepared to put in the past, and we're willing to go about our day. But because neither of us are willing to say something about it, it just prolongs itself, and it drags on. And the next thing you know, we miss the noon showing, and then our afternoon's ruined. You see, we can learn to forgive someone by the power of God on our own. Forgiveness can happen with one individual. But if we want to work on restoring a healthy relationship, if we want to work on moving forward in the relationship together, that's going to require both people being involved. And sometimes that just requires us being willing to say the first thing to the other person. And that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. That's really hard for us to be okay with. But that's why that first point is so important. That's why we have to make sure we go to God first. Because if we're going to God and we're making sure that we're going to him and saying, hey, this relationship is all about glorifying you, then it's not just an issue of us being right. It's not an issue of the other person coming and admitting they're wrong. But it's how can I handle this situation to move forward so that we can be healthy together and keep pressing on and going about our time together. Sometimes we have to be willing to take the first step. Number three, steps in restoring a broken relationship. Don't repay wrong with wrong, but choose to give grace and mercy. I'm going to repeat that for emphasis. Don't repay wrong with wrong, but choose to give grace and mercy. And I think Paul, what he's saying in verse 17, when he's saying don't repay anyone evil with evil, is he's really addressing what we want to do in our human flesh. You see, if someone hurts us in a relationship or we get angry, our, our, our initial reaction is that we just want to become judge, jury, and executioner. We want to go to that person. We want to say, this is what you did. This is why it's wrong. This is how you hurt me. And this is what you owe me for doing something wrong to me. And we automatically turn it into a scenario where we're just trying to get something out of it or we're trying to to hurt that person because of what they've done to hurt us. Because we don't want to go into that scenario and we don't want to offer grace and mercy because if we're going into it with grace, what we're saying is, I'm okay with what you did. If we go into a situation and we're going in graceful, it's basically saying what you did is okay. Or at least that's what we think. But going into a situation with grace and mercy isn't about saying what happened is okay. But what you're saying to the other person is, hey, you hurt me, but just like you, I'm imperfect and I have flaws and I've hurt other people. But even when I've hurt people, even when I've messed up, even when I was a sinner, God still loved me enough to send his son to die for my sins because he has an unconditional love for me. So we're not saying what you did is okay, but what we do is we make that situation an opportunity for us to reflect the unconditional love of the Father. Father. 
And we get to show that person the grace and the mercy that we were shown by God first. Not because it's easy, not because we're okay with what happened, but it's because that is a gift that was given to us. And so if we want to work on restoring broken relationships, not just for our own sake, but for making it something that's glorifying to God and making it the way God intended it to be, then we have to be willing to go in with the heart that God has. Point number four, if we want to restore broken relations, we need to humbly take responsibility for your part in the conflict, which sometimes that means we need to be willing to acknowledge the fact that we might have actually done something wrong in the conflict to begin with, which I think a lot of us probably don't even address that in the first place. But I saw Pastor Robert Morris use this um, example one time, and he was talking about a specific example, but I think it's still uh, pretty relevant today. But Pastor Morris said, like, if you look at this cup, let's say that this cup is an argument between you and me. And between you and me, this is, this is the argument, and this is everything that's going wrong, and this is the thing that we're trying to restore together. If I only look at it from what I see going on and what I see happening, I'm only thinking about what I can get out of it. But I'm also ignoring everything that you see happening in the situation. I'm ignoring everything that you are bringing from, to the conversation. Any kind of hurt you might be feeling, I'm completely forgetting about it. And the problem is both sides are right. Both sides have been affected by what's going on. Both sides might have played a role in hurting the other person. But if I'm not willing to see your side and what you see, and I'm only focused on what you did to me, then I'm not getting a full picture, and I'm not trying to bring restoration. I'm just trying to get what I want out of it. But if I'm asking you to see from my point of view and I'm asking you to see how you have hurt me and how you've affected me, then I need to be willing to see from your side and see how I've affected you and how I've hurt you. Because then both of us are getting a complete understanding of the situation. And sometimes we have to be willing to let our pride down and be willing to say, hey, I know I wasn't perfect. And I did mess up, and I might have done things, even though I didn't think so, I had done things to hurt you. And we have to take ownership of that, and we have to be willing to repent and apologize for those things. Because again, the steps to a healthy restoration isn't just about our side of it, but it's a full understanding so that both parties can move forward. And then number four, or excuse me, that was number four. Number five, um, the last thing we need to make sure we always do is we need to make sure that we attack the problem and not the person. If we're trying to restore a relationship, if we're trying to, to build a healthy relationship and move forward, we have to make sure that our focus is on addressing the problem at hand and not addressing the individual involved. Because going back to to what we said about Pastor Michelle's message, and again, please go back and listen to it if you get a chance. The great thing about community, the great thing about the way God designed us to be in relationship with each other is the fact that there's a lot of things that we benefit from from those communities. 
when we're in healthy relationships with each other, we gain accountability. We gain support, healing, prayer, growth with one another. But if I'm attacking a person and I'm attacking an individual instead of the problem, I'm contradicting everything that we say is important about community. If the community is supposed to be healing and I'm attacking the person, I'm bringing harm and destruction to them. If the community is supposed to be supportive and I'm attacking the person, then I'm tearing them down instead of building them up. But we have to make sure that if we're trying to move towards restoration, we're trying to heal a relationship with that person, we have to see that person with the love of God. And we have to see that person the way that God sees them, as a son or a daughter that he created, that he unconditionally loves. And if we're willing to do that, if we can do that, then I don't think it's going to be a task to try to just focus on the problem. I think it's going to be very natural because then it's not us working on trying to handle the situation. It's God and his spirit trying to bring health to the relationship. And if we can attack the problem rather than the person, then instead of pushing each other away from each other, we're growing closer and we're becoming the community that God has called us to be. So as we're closing, this is our last point, and it's um, relationships don't accidentally stay healthy. I don't need to give you a message about how to ruin your relationships with other people. You don't need a book about how to tear down relationships. Our relationships with each other in our marriages, with our kids, our parents, our friendships, they don't stay healthy accidentally. But they take an ongoing investment. And it takes us being willing to address problems and address challenges as they come around. And this is why I think that first lesson or that first point in this whole thing is so important. Because a lot of times we can, we can think about, we all have those relationships that we struggle with. And we can read these steps on a paper and we can be like, that seems like a lot. I don't know if I can do all that. Or I can, I can try to take these steps, but it's not going to end perfectly. And I would agree with you. I would say in our flesh, that is 100% right. But if we go to God first, and we get our fulfillment from him, and we gain our healing from him, and we have his unconditional love flowing through us, and his spirit is flowing through us, and it is just pouring out of us, then our natural response isn't going to be of the flesh or of this world, but it's going to be from the Father. And that response isn't going to be to try to tear someone down, but it's to have a love and an unconditional love for that person the same way God has for them. And then our goal in restoring that relationship isn't just going to be to get something out of it, but how can I bring health to this relationship so that I can continue to love this person selflessly and bring honor to God in that way? Because the whole point and everything we're talking about isn't just about what we can get out of it. 
but it's to honor God and be obedient to God because of what he's done for us and because of who he is. So I asked Pastor Aaron to come up just for, just for a minute. And I want you guys to just take a minute to, on your own to just think about that relationship that you have. Because I, I believe that all of us have, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a family member we haven't talked to in a long time, or, or maybe it's a small argument we had on the way to church today. But we all have a relationship that we know we can be working on. So I want you guys on your own to just think about that for a second. And take this opportunity, just take this couple of seconds to just lift it up to the Lord right now. Take this opportunity to just take that first step in giving that relationship up to the Lord. And just open your hearts to allow God to speak to you right now. Just allow Him to to tell you whether or not you might have to make a phone call after church or, or maybe you need to, to bring something up at lunch or, or maybe you haven't even begun your relationship with God yet. And you need to take this time to do that right now. But I'm going to let Pastor Aaron just play for a little bit. And I just ask you guys to please take this time to pray to God right now. And then I'll close this out. pray right now just for for the people that you've put on our minds and on our hearts, God. For the relationships that you've shown us that that you just want us to take that next step and work on restoring them. God, I just pray right now that you just fill this place with your spirit. Fill us with your wisdom. And give us guidance to know how it is that you want us to address those situations how it is that you want us to address those relationships, Lord. Because you don't call us to to live life alone. You don't call us to shut out people. But God, you have given us the gift of community. And you've given us the gift of a relationship with you and a relationship with others as well. So God, let us take today as an opportunity to work on restoring those relationships. And Lord, just as we go about this weekend, as as we're celebrating this weekend, let it be a time that we can just be thankful for the relationships that we do have in our lives, God. We love you and we thank you. your name we pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.